Hello again, dear listeners. I hope you enjoyed learning about Queen Victoria's cute little pooch Dash last week. This week, we're doing a bit of a deep dive into the lives of Victoria's children and grandchildren. First off, we have to talk about Queen Victoria's sex life. Sorry, that's weird, but it's important. Despite our tendency to dismiss the Victorians as prudes, they were not prudes in private. Victoria liked her image to be that of a moral, upstanding woman of absolute propriety, but Victoria was super into sex and enjoyed a robust sex life. It was absolutely not a close-your-eyes-and-think-of-England situation, as people often make it out to be. Some choice diary entries include, I never, never spent such an evening. My dearest, dear Albert sat on a footstool by my side, and his excessive love and affection gave me feelings of heavenly love and happiness I never could have hoped to have felt before. He clasped me in his arms, and we kissed each other again and again. Oh, this was the happiest day of my life. Here's another. My dear Albert came in today from the rain. He looks so handsome in his white cashmere breeches with nothing on underneath. Scandalous. And probably the most clear. This day was again welcomed in by the tender love and affection of my dearest Albert. So I guess they liked morning sex. Further evidence, Victoria and Albert had nine children. I mentioned in the biography episode that she didn't really like babies, and she really hated the pains of childbirth, which, yeah, it hurts. Victoria was actually the first to have a medicated birth. She was given chloroform, and she said, Blessed chloroform, soothing, quieting, and delightful beyond measure. Now again, she wasn't super into being a mom. She much preferred her royal duties and power. She also suffered from pretty bad postpartum depression, so Albert was actually the one who was kind of stay-at-home, highly involved dad. He was very loving and affectionate with them and played with them often. He also gave them each a strict education, as he had been given. Okay, here is a list in chronological order of each of their kids. The first three were kind of the most important to the story that we're telling today. Vicky, Princess Royal, and future German Empress also the mother of Kaiser Wilhelm II, and Vicky was Prince Albert's favorite child. Next, we've got Bertie, who is the future Edward VII and father of George V. Alice, Grand Duchess of Hesse. Alice was the daughter who died on the same day several years later as Prince Albert. Her daughter was Princess Alex, the future Tsarina Alexandra of the Romanovs. Alfred married a Grand Duchess of Russia, and his daughter Marie became Queen of Romania. We've got Helena and Louise. Then we've got Arthur, who married the Princess of Prussia, and their daughter Margaret became Crown Princess of Sweden. You got Leopold, and then last but not least, Beatrice, who married the Prince of Battenberg, and her daughter Victoria Eugenie became Queen of Spain. Now, what do you do with royal children? You marry them off to other royal houses. Being the most powerful nation in the world, remember this was the height of empire, Victoria's kids were the darlings of the European royal dating pool. First, we start with Vicky. Vicky was super smart, and like I said, Prince Albert's favorite. He wanted her to have a good match, but he was pretty devastated when she did actually leave home. The German states were in the process of unifying, and Prince Albert correctly predicted that the United Country of Germany would be a big deal in world politics, so it was his idea to marry off their first daughter, Vicky, the Princess Royal, to Frederick III. 
Albert and Victoria had hoped that by marrying Vicky to the German emperor, Germany would form to basically be just like Britain and have all the same interests since they were now related by blood. That's not quite what happened. Once she was married, Victoria wanted Vicky's help in finding a good match for Alice. I should note here, Vicky and Victoria had a robust correspondence and wrote to each other seriously, if not every day, every other day. They settled on Hesse, which was a pretty minor German area, and Albert wasn't super impressed by it, but shrug, they had nine kids. He was like, sure, maybe the next one will be good. But then Albert died, and Victoria became a recluse. Alice was actually the one that had cared for both Victoria's mother and Albert as they died in the same year. From there, it was kind of like, okay, we'll take the Princess of Denmark for Bertie, we'll take a Russian Grand Duchess for Alfred, and here you go, random German states, you get a princess. That's basically how the rest of the marriages went in a nutshell. Before we move on to the grandchildren, I'll just add in some more tidbits. Princess Beatrice was Victoria's faithful companion for the rest of the queen's life. Victoria, it seems, was a bit emotionally abusive toward her kids, withholding love and demanding they remain by her side in her grief, just kind of not letting them live, basically. But Beatrice did get a love match out of the deal, so not too bad. Beatrice was also the last of Victoria's children to die, and she was the one that edited a lot of Queen Victoria's journals. Current Queen Elizabeth II knew both Beatrice and Louise, so that's kind of where we are in history with this. Okay, grandchildren. Victoria and Albert had 42 grandchildren. As I've mentioned, you've got the Kaiser, Tsarina Alexandra, Queens of Spain and Romania, and Crown Princess of Sweden. Now, Victoria, and basically everyone across Europe, was like, okay, cool, we're all related now, so there won't be any more fighting. We're all set now, just do everything that Britain does, and we're all good. Again, not quite how it happened. While Victoria wasn't nice to her own kids, she was down with the grandma life. She was very sweet to them. It's so weird to see letters from all these royals in different countries just writing to her like, hey, granny, here's what's going on with me. She was called the grandmother of Europe. And again, people thought this meant a lasting peace. Now, of the 42 grandchildren, there were two that kind of rose to the top. Wilhelm II, future Kaiser of the United Germany, was Victoria's first grandchild. He loved his grandma, and Victoria actually died in Wilhelm's arms. Wilhelm's mom was Vicky. She was the smart one and Prince Albert's favorite. But there were definitely some warning bells going off. First off, Wilhelm had a weird Oedipus-level crush on his mom. She, of course, was like, um, nervous laugh, that's cute, but stop it. Here's a little example of a letter he wrote to her. I have been dreaming about your dear, soft, warm hands. I am awaiting with impatience the time when I can sit near you and kiss them, but pray keep your promise you gave me always to give me alone the soft inside of your hand to kiss. But of course, you keep this as a secret for yourself. Yikes. That was a letter to his mom. Vicky also came aboard the German train before the country was actually unified. Her husband, Frederick III, became emperor of Germany when Wilhelm was 12, and nationalism began to soar. Both Vicky and Victoria were concerned by Wilhelm's rising nationalism. He was also kind of pissed off at England for personal reasons. One, his mother not being into him. Two, at his birth, Victoria had sent one of her doctors, and I'm not sure if the doctor screwed up or what, but from birth, Wilhelm had a paralyzed arm. Three, another doctor was sent from England to help his dad when his dad got throat cancer and didn't save him. 
All that, plus the nationalism, got Wilhelm a bit riled up and anti-Britain. The second grandchild, who was kind of a big deal, was Princess Alex of Hesse. Alex spelled A-L-I-X, by the way. Her mother, Princess Alice, and her father, as well as one of her siblings, died of diphtheria when she was still a child. And because of this, Victoria kind of became a surrogate mom to Alex and her surviving brothers and sisters. Alex was Victoria's favorite granddaughter. She was gorgeous, and Victoria wanted Alex to marry Prince Albert Victor, who was the son of Edward VII and next in line to the throne. Insane side note, he's one of the people speculated to be Jack the Ripper. Alex didn't want to marry him, though, which was a good thing because he ended up dying in 1892 and also the Jack the Ripper thing. He was also speculated to be gay. Victoria really wanted Alex to be Queen of England, but Alex fell hard for Nicholas II of Russia. Yep, that Nicholas. Victoria was like, oh, hell no, because she did not think Russia was safe for her granddaughter. It's the 1890s. We're about half a generation out from the First World War. Nicholas's parents were not down with this match. They were anti-German, and Alex didn't want to convert to Russian Orthodox. Because of this requirement, she actually refused Nicholas II, but they were in love, so once his dad was dying, he relented, and that obstacle was clear. Then, Kaiser Wilhelm, her cousin, was like, no, you need to get over that religion thing. It's close to your religion anyway. You gotta marry this guy. So she said yes and brought Queen Victoria's strain of hemophilia with her and had a loving marriage with Nicholas. But oh lord, did she have a rough time and a violent end. We'll have to do an episode just on her. When Victoria died in 1901, pretty much everyone came out for the funeral. It was the largest gathering of all the royal houses of Europe because they were all related. But despite this careful alliance crafting, it was not enough to stop war. There's a series of telegrams between the Kaiser and Nicholas where they call each other Willie and Nikki and try to work things out. But the tensions that had existed between countries for hundreds of years were too strong for people bound by blood to overcome. World War I began in earnest in 1914. The Kaiser eventually had to abdicate, and the Romanov family was murdered at the outset of the Bolshevik Revolution. The United States started squeezing in thanks to the new power vacuum, and British rule and European royalty were never the same. Now, that's a very simplified telling of the consequences of World War I and what happened to Victoria's children and grandchildren. Check out the show notes for further reading, because the whole thing is a who's who, and it's absolutely fascinating. That's all for today. Tune in next week for our final episode in our series on Queen Victoria. (laughs) 